On today's episode, Steph and I are going to talk about the secrets to mastering consistent sales in your business and avoid the fluctuation of that up and down income that stresses so many people out. Come on in and have a listen. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. With that, I wanted to talk about how to close more sales more often for the simple reason that one of the questions that we frequently get from business business owners is how can they level out their sales so that they have a consistent stream of income coming in? They're, they seem to be um, experiencing the up and down cycle. Yeah, a, the a roller coaster the, phenomenon. The roller coaster <laughs> phenomenon, right? And it's interesting because without, without casting aspersions or whatever, if you're just listening to somebody ask the question, my mind usually goes to, I can tell you right off the bat, their sales aren't consistent. Um, but I'll ask the question, like, are, are you doing this? Or are you doing that? And of course, it, it comes back that way every single time that the sales aren't consistent. So the, um, I remember that I was introduced to a written speech called The, uh, the Common Denominator of Success. Yeah. By Albert Ian Gray. Yes. That was given that he that he spoke all over the country um, to uh, life insurance salesmen back in the forties. He wrote this speech, and it was something that uh, the Proctor used to teach. He would he would teach it and hand it out, and it was basically covering with the idea was to to so that this is not an issue. That there were basically some very basic principles to follow. That if you were going to follow it, if you were any kind of a salesperson, a commission salesperson, you own your own company, whatever, if you follow these basic rules, you're not going to have these major issues because there's probably nothing more um, unmotivating or makes you kind of like resent the day that you're going into when you're playing catch up for whatever the reason is. Mm -hmm. If you don't have enough money coming in and you've got bills that you have to pay or payroll or whatever it might be. and I was, um, uh, that was, that was something in my life that I had experienced that was a little bit out of my control when I was working for somebody else, although my spending was my own issue. But I, I know what it's like to have that up and down. I'm like, I don't ever want to experience this again, right? I want to develop, it was so important for me to develop the habit of making sure that those sales were consistent and beyond what I needed because you're always going to have a percentage or something that falls off, right? Oh, you're always you're always going to hear more no's than yeses, right? I mean, that was my first lesson. Yeah, like, and the people that want to refund or, or they yeah. back out or yeah. whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. So it wasn't even just making exactly what you need, but constantly overshooting that so that you were always flush. You know, that you could go and you could enjoy your business, you could expand it, you could do all the other things without having to play catch up on top of still making sure that the sales were done for next month, that type of thing. Yeah. So um, 
anyway, the, the, that was my intention for, uh, for the podcast for today was to talk a bit about that and talk about some of the things that people can do to put themselves in a situation where they're not consistently playing catch up, but they're doing the work and preparing to do the work. And maybe you could talk a little bit to like to the marketing, the preparation to the marketing side of this, because it's <clears throat> the interesting thing is it's not just sales, right? It's like, where do the leads come from? Who do you talk to? What is your process? What kind of a system have you built to, to close sales, to handle it? What is the time frame on that, right? You know, when I started, when I started the company, I didn't know anything about marketing. I've, I mean, I've never done marketing from the aspect like you do it, you know, with the copywriting right. and, and all of that. I understand the process of marketing, but my, my thing was always going out and finding people to talk to, or I've also became very good at, at cold calling. And it was, was much easier back then to cold call. You could get lists and you could get yeah. people on the phone. People would pick up the phone. Yeah, it was answer. a solid strategy. Yeah. It would yeah. be a solid strategy. Or even knocking on doors. I used to, I used to go into major cities and go into um, any kind of business that had uh, salespeople and talk to the manager or the broker or whoever, whoever it was about doing something. So it, it was, there was an immediacy that, that you could do, I think, that was probably a little bit easier 25 years ago than it is today. Today, there's different, there's different ways of outreach and getting into um, the minds and the hearts of individuals that want your product or service to move them into your, your sales process. But, but whatever we talk about in, in those IT system and structures, it, it all has to come down to the discipline to be able to do it and to make this um, a solid disciplinary process so that you're not, you're not running into that and then... Don't you think it's discipline and sense of urgency, though? Discipline and sense of urgency. Yeah, I think I do. I think so. I th I, th I think so. And it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking about something that I was talking about earlier today. Um, if you have to get yourself to do this every day, like if if you're fighting an internal demon to make yourself do the processes to to close sales, yeah. That, I mean, what sense of, you're not coming from any healthy sense of urgency yeah. if you're doing that. And yeah. you're creating a back sense of urgency, which is like despair more than, than urgency. Is that what you're referring yeah. to? Yeah. I mean, I think, so I think, well, I think sales is a, like inconsistent sales, in my opinion, is a systemic problem. So it's, you know, I look at everything holistically, like where's your mindset around sales? What's your urgency around sales? What's your skill set around sales? What marketing have you set up? What's your marketing cycle? Like, you know what I mean? Because right. we work with so many different businesses and some businesses have a super short marketing cycle that leads to sales and other businesses, it takes, you know, their results don't show up from their marketing for sometimes three to six months after they've, you know, completed a marketing campaign. But I think when, like, when I think of like a key problem that we see, it's that, and, and I look back at my experience and I think you could probably relate to this too. When I first started my business, I, I never took a sales, like I didn't know how to sell. I never took a sales training, but I had a high sense of urgency that I knew I needed to make right. sales yeah, yeah. or else I was going to lose my house, right? So I was willing to do whatever it took. What I'm seeing sometimes with business owners, especially if they've, if they've you know, they're over you know, half a million dollars a year to a million dollars a year is that they're very comfortable. And so it's very easy for them to be inconsistent because it doesn't mean the end of the world if they're not consistent, right? So then they drag their feet on doing the difficult things like setting up the systems and, and putting people in place and hiring the right people that would create the consistency in sales 
because they see that as a risk, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they see it as, I know that I need to hire a salesperson to do this, but I'm not sure I have enough leads or I'm not sure I, I, I know how to bring that person on. They're missing opportunity by not hiring that. And so they take their foot off the gas because they get distracted by something else. And then because they took their foot off the gas, that's going to show up in their sales one, two, three months down the road. Yeah. I mean, when we've, when this happens to us all the time where we're on a huddle or we're having a, a Q and A and someone gets on and they're like, I think something's wrong with my mindset. My sales have slowed down. And the first thing you and I both ask is, what did you stop doing that you were doing before? Because mm. sales is cause and effect, right? Yeah, 100%. And they'll think, at first they'll say nothing, and then we'll say, no, we know that there's something that you're not doing now that you were doing before. And then it'll come to light that they've stopped a specific strategy or stopped you know, making referral calls or stopped with a specific you know, Google search term or yeah. something that's negatively, that's, that's impacting them negatively. Yeah. Something changed. Right. But they, they, they're like, they're just for sure. It's, you know, my energy's off. No, not about your energy in this right. situation. It's, it's cause and effect. It's you stopped doing something yeah. before because you took your foot off the gas. You got distracted. You, you weren't, like you said, disciplined to keep the, to keep the machine running. Yeah. I remember, I remember listening to Dan Kennedy back in the day, and he said, every day you should, have, you should turn this into a habit. You do at least one activity that is a future uh, sales-generating activity, and you close a sale every day, whatever your numbers need to be, right? But that you do that, you, you, you develop it as a very good forward-looking business habit so that, uh, so that it becomes a habit, so that it becomes one of those good productive habits um, that keeps your business in a, in a healthy state of mind. And, and you're right. That's, that is, a, it's, a, I've always found that a bit interesting actually, because they are, they really are c convinced to some level that something changed in their mindset and it's not actually a practical application that's actually changed. The only time that we see it be a mindset issue is if they've had multiple conversations with people, like if they have enough leads, mm -hmm. but they're not closing those leads now, like their, their yeah. close percentage is going down, which means something did get into their head and convince them that they were, they, they're charging too much or people are going to stop buying. And it's created some kind of fear that's showing up in their inability to, to actually convert people into a closed client. Um, but, you know, to your point, Really, any marketing, like all marketing can be broken down into three categories. You've got your short-term, your medium-term, and your long-term. And every business should be doing all three of those things. You should have your short-term marketing strategies, stuff that you know you can implement immediately that gets immediate results, your medium-term, and your, your long-term, right? So, you know, for example, a long-term marketing strategy would be starting a podcast. You're not going to get immediate results the first, you know, couple of months that you start a podcast, right, but right. it's good to start a podcast because it builds a platform. Short-term marketing strategy is, you know, hey, let's see who on our list has opened our emails in the last three months and send them a nine-word email that says, hey, we're doing this thing. Are you interested? Right? They're, they're, they both have the goal of sales, but they both take a, you know, a different amount of time to be able to see the results from. And I think that where most businesses get short-sighted is they they don't think about the long-term marketing so they're constantly being reactive in their business because mm -hmm. long medium-term and long-term marketing are proactive right you're putting things in place you've got your marketing calendar you're pre-thinking what you're going to do over the course of 12 months to bring in the leads that you need 
to close the sales, whether that's booking yourself on stages or booking yourself on podcasts or creating strategic partnerships with with someone and doing a joint launch for something. You know, if you if you're only focused on the immediate the immediate term marketing, you're constantly in reactive and it's where you said you're constantly playing catch up. Right. And that yeah. that that puts you in a very um vulnerable place because if you drop the ball in that reactive place, like you don't have a backup plan, right? Like right. sales aren't going to come in if you're not constantly doing this short-term marketing activity. What what does a business owner need to know in order to be able to determine what the length of time is on those three different types of activities? Because you said that, there, you know, like some businesses are three to six months out. Like, what, what is it that they need to know to be able to kind of make the decisions around that? Is there a telltale thing that they can look for or? Well, I think they need to know their market, right? So if you're a, if you're a law firm owner and you don't get paid until the case is closed, you know that you're, 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 the money's not going to come in for several months even when you even when you get the client you're not going to see the income for right three six eight twelve months until that that case is closed right okay so you know you understand your market you understand the parameters you, like you understand that for for a consulting business you kind of have two groups of people you have the people that find you because they've heard you and they know that you can help them with their problem and they act right away so you've got the immediate the immediate buyers that they, okay. they like Here's something that you've done. They see you on a stage and they're like, I need to work with that person, right? Like I was the, I was the ideal client for you when I found you because I right. heard you and I'm like, I got to work with this guy. Like I wasn't going to wait six to 12 months. So you've got that group of people that are immediate buyers. Then you have people that need to hang around for like three to six months and then they'll buy. And then you've got the people that hang around for three to six years and then they buy. So the idea is to have, it is to consistently be offering the ability for them to do something with you now, but then also nurturing and just providing really great content to the people who take extra time, right? So it's really understanding your market and you can understand your market by looking at your metrics. Okay. It's one key way. Yeah, for sure. What it, is there? Is there a point in time where you recommend that somebody starts, because that's a lot of work, and that's another thing that we that we hear the the amount of work that needs to be done in order to create some of these systems and processes that need to be put in place. At what point should a person start looking at either hiring a sales team, bringing in another salesperson, or hiring a copywriter, or hiring somebody that can help them th build these processes out so they're not the one that's doing all of them? Or do they need to do all of them and learn how to do that before they actually hire someone? Well, I've heard you teach many times. You should really know how to do sales yourself. First, I believe that. I right? really I mean, do. And that's been that's been your experience. It's been my experience. It's really. I think it's. So in your situation, you had hired a sales team, and they were giving you all the reasons why they couldn't close sales. Right. But because you were such a good salesperson, you knew that that wasn't the case. If you hadn't had that experience, you would have bought into their story of why they they weren't able to close these sales and it would have crippled your business. Yeah. Right? So there ha there has to be in my opinion you have to have some level of knowledge. Doesn't mean that you need to love sales. There's some people that just don't love sales, but they have a basic understanding of 
what's going on in a sales conversation. And if they heard a recording of a of you know some, one of their team members having a sales conversation, they would be able to say, wow, that really was terrible. This needs to be fixed. So they could coach sales, but not necessarily be the one to consistently be, be doing the sales. Yeah. And then, then they're educated on what problem to fix if it actually, if a problem does arise. Yes. I also think that sales too, um, for, for the owner is a necessary mastery because it shows up in so many other areas of the business, right? Sales is a process that shows up in everything. I mean, you got to sell you your, you got to sell your team on your vision. You got to like, it's, it's sales goes way beyond, you know, um, uh, Disclosing consumer, the business to consumer, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's sure. not sales isn't just isn't just like exchanging services for money. Like every time, every time you need your team to pivot or do something, you're selling them on that idea, right? right. It's about influence. So building those skills of influence is, is crucial to to being the leader of your own company, and also to to helping people make decisions about what's in their best interest in terms of whether your product is for them or not. Yeah. Yeah. And even with, even with product negotiation and leases and buying buildings or anything that you're doing oh, man. with your company, it, it's so, you know, you may not know, you may not know the specific topic. You may have to do research or whatever, but to, but to have the confidence to be able to engage in the conversation itself and not be afraid to ask important questions or talk about a sensitive topic. Yeah. Or deal with issues that, you know, might have a little controversy around them, depending on whatever they are. It, it just goes such a long way to be, to be competent in running what it is that you're running. Totally. I mean, we've seen this with, with this um, hiring flip that's happened. You know, like five years ago, it was, it was the candidate that was selling themselves to the employer to be hired, right? And yeah. now it's the employer selling themselves to the candidate to get them to say yes to be on their team. Like it's, it's a total flip. So it's really selling yourself and standing in who you are and what you believe and, and being confident um, that I think is a skill that every business owner really needs to develop. So let me just talk about, let me just shift gears here a little bit. Let me talk about one of the things that helped me break through this. Um, and when I, this is a weird thing for me when I look back at this really, because I, if, if, if I look back at my life and I'm really honest, I had been involved in sales since I was a kid. I just didn't knew that, didn't know that that's what it was. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, as I got older and it, it was, I was when I was working for another company, well, a couple of companies that I worked for, I, I did sales and I did them really well. But I don't know what it was. It was something about the what I thought I was doing or how I was doing it. And definitely the idea that if I failed, um, I didn't really suffer a consequence when I was working for somebody else, right? I mean, obviously there would be uh, an employment consequence, yeah, but yeah. you did. I didn't have the financial weight on my shoulders to do that, which I think is what really shifted when I started my own business because I went through a period of time for about a week where I got really scared and it just paralyzed me. I, I would just sit there at my desk all day and I couldn't get myself to pick up the phone um, to make calls. And I started thinking to myself, what is the problem? What's going on here? What am I afraid of? And one of the things that I did that really helped me through this was I called my mentor and I told my mentor about it. And I, I was not approaching it to solve the problem though. This was an interesting conversation because 
I was talking about finding somebody else to sell. And he said to me, why aren't you selling? And I was like, I don't want to sell. I didn't even want to have the conversation <laughs> stuff. I mean, I was, I was squirming in my yeah. chair. Yeah. Why don't you sell? I'll never forget this. And I'm like, I don't want to sell. And he said, why don't you want to sell? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't want to sell. I want to do the seminars. I want to do the coaching. I want to do all that stuff, but I just don't want to sell. And he said, I know why you don't want to sell. And I said, you do? He says, yeah. I said, why? He said, you think sales is something you do to someone. And, you know, I had never heard that at, at all. And it took me a minute to actually sit back and try to understand what the hell he was saying to me. He goes, sales isn't something you do to someone. It's something you do for them. And I'm listening to him and something clicked in my head. It was like a combination dial, like click, and everything changed. My whole perception of it changed because apparently he was absolutely correct. I had, it was raised by people that looked, really looked down at salespeople. I mean, success in general, but, but definitely salespeople to a very large degree. Yeah. Well, they were always trying to rip you off, right? That was they the message were. I received That's salespeople exactly were always correct. trying to rip you off they were all crooked yeah yeah so that shifted that in my mind and i at that moment i made the connection that sales was the exact same thing that i was doing them to help them in other areas of their business in their life but this was the first step of that so sales is basically a coaching conversation right you're trying to help somebody get clear on an idea that will either help them or won't help them and then you make the sale or you don't. It's no, it's really no big deal, but it's a different conversation than a, than a casual conversation. Yes. yes. So when, when I did that, that really began to change for me because now I understood what I was beginning to learn to focus on within that conversation itself. But I also think that what it did for me was it made me want to do it. Like it, it, it opened a door inside of me where I wanted to do sales every day. I was excited about it. It seemed fun. Before, before I was at this resistance thing. Well, and you love helping people. And I love helping people. But I, you know, when you shift that in your mind, you don't think you're helping people. You yeah. think you're doing something to them. I've got to do this corrupt thing yeah. in order to be able to help them. Yeah. Like what kind of fucking sense does that make in somebody's yeah. mind, right? It yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's, it's, really, it's really crazy thinking. But that's, that's what I was going through in my mind. But it allowed me to approach it from a totally different place where I, not only did I start to like it, I developed a passion for it. Like it was so, well, you know, because you love it too. Yeah. It is so much fun to, be, to walk people into that potential for themselves, you know, especially when you get really good at it. It's, it's rewarding. Like it's rewarding to know that you've helped someone make a decision that's changed their lives. Yeah. You know, like, and we see that all the time with what we do because there will be people that we follow up and, and Sarah, our salesperson, like she'll follow up with people for years and finally they'll say, yep, I'm ready. Right. But she's maintained yeah. the relationship and she's, you know, you know, reaching out and, and staying in communication and they'll say, yes, I'm ready to, to do something now and they'll do it. And then she'll get showered with Thank you so much for continuing to follow up. Thank you so much for being persistent. I really needed to do this. I just needed to do it in my own time. Um, I think I don't think there's anything more rewarding than than sales because oh, it's so instant. The, trans too. the transformation <laughs> doesn't happen until the sale is made. Yeah, nothing does. Nothing happens until the sale is ma made. It's rewarding. It's instantaneous. Um, 
I, one of the things I had never really thought about this either, but when I worked with my mentor, he used to say salespeople were the highest paid profession in the world. If you were a competent salesperson, you were really mastered your craft. There's no limit to the amount of money that you could earn, right? Because it's the, there's a difference between the thing that you're selling and the actual conversation that you have the ability uh, to walk the walk a person through, which is really amazing. But it is it's so, it is a, it's a ton of fun, um, and it is it's also one of those things where people are raised with the idea that earning a lot of money is difficult, and if you master this skill set, the difficulty is gone. Yeah, it's completely gone because the. Money coming into your life is going to come through the hands of somebody else somewhere, right? So that always involves a sale of some kind. If you master that, you master the ability to bring money into your life at whatever amount, whatever uh, regular basis that you actually do so. I also think sales is your fastest path to personal growth. (laughs) 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 Because, you know, it's, it's, I think it's equal parts skill set and equal parts mindset because you really can't be an effective salesperson if you're consistently worried about what the other person's thinking of you on the other end of the phone or on the other end of the conversation. Right. Right. Because then you're not, you can't be present to listen to the cues, to listen to the voice inflections, to hear the words that they're saying that give you clues as to where you need to go next. You're sitting there in your head trying to figure out what question to ask next, even before they've answered the one that you've asked previously because you're worried about what they're going to think about you. Right. So it's one thing to like, you know, intellectually understand the skill set of sales. It's another thing to be the person you need to be to have an effective sales conversation. Say more about that. Well, we've always taught that the purpose of a sales conversation is to bring clarity to a confused mind, Mm -hmm. right? And most of the people that, I mean, uh, I've been doing sales for 16 years now, started with my own business and tra- transferred into, into this. And my goal was never to actually get the sale. My goal was to help them get really clear on what their problem was so that they could make a decision about what to do next. And most of the time, if I could help them see what the actual problem was, because most people are focused on fixing the wrong thing, right? and then really help them get clear on how it was possible for us to help them and be a cheerleader for their own success, generally they would move forward, right? So my whole goal was how can I help them make sense of what they're of what they're experiencing right now that then they tie to doing something with us because I know we can I know we can help them with this yeah. with yep. this result. So, you know, sales is really about like understanding that there's another human being on the other end of the conversation. And being of total service to that person, not being attached to the getting, but actually being more attached to giving, knowing that if you're there showing up in service for that person, that's going to come back to you in, in, in whatever way it comes back to you. Yeah. Might not necessarily be through that sales call, but it will, it will come back to you. And that has been my experience for the last 16 years. Yep. Mine too. Mine too. There, the, there's, um, the thing about a sales call that's important for people to know is that it's a very intimate conversation. Oh, yes. And I, I like to say that it's, it's just as intimate, if not more in many ways, than actual sex itself. Because you're talking about things that are very important to a person. And I think that having a really healthy idea that you're asking a person to give you money and to really understand what their connection to the money is that they have for themselves. Because most people literally trade their life every day 
for a few bucks in order to be able to live. And that's time that they don't ever get back. So when you think about, when you think about, here's this money that I'm asking this person for, and I'm ready to receive this money. I'm receiving part of their life in exchange for something. And I think that if you, if you take the conversation with that kind of seriousness and you ask the correct questions, remember that the person's engaged with you because they think that you can solve some kind of a problem or you've got something that they want to begin with. They wouldn't be engaged with you if you didn't. This is not a casual conversation, nor should you treat it as such. But if you understand that and that those things that they're ready to, they're preparing to change their mind about or, or think about or open up to are very important to that person because they're saying, listen, this, if you think about it from like a value perspective, this thing that I want from you, this solution, this problem solving idea, this product, whatever it might be, I am willing to trade part of my life in order to have that. Right. Is so vitally important to the urgency, right? Because you talked about urgency. It's mm-hmm. also urgency within the sale. 100%. It's not just the person wants something, but they have the urgency to take action on it in the moment. And you're giving that direction by asking for the sale, right? You're asking them, how important is this to you? And they're either telling you yes or no. Most people don't understand that it's not about getting every person to a yes. Mm -mm. It's about finding the people that are already a yes and getting them clear on the yes. And if they're a no, getting them clear on that also and moving on to the next one. Because otherwise you're involved in manipulation and that's not fun. No. Nobody wants to do that. No, I'd rather give someone a referral to someone else. You know, like absolutely. And we do that frequently. Like if, it, if we have a sales conversation and we realize that this is not the best fit, we'll refer to someone who can help them. Yeah. Because that's the whole goal. It's to leave the person better, you know, than when you found them. It is. It is. And the, to have somebody excited to buy from you, you know that you're going to have a happy customer, right? You're, you fulfill whatever it is that you sold in a, in a really great way. And you've got somebody who's engaged in that process of that relationship. Because now you've got a relationship. Whether it continues on or not is, is regardless, you've developed a relationship with somebody. It's a relationship that's built on trust. It's a relationship that's built on being your word. There's an exchange that's taken place and both people are walking away for the better. Yeah, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Like, that's what we're always after. We're always after the win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that you've got, when you talk about sales, it's, it seems very it seems very simple and um, linear, but there when you have an, uh, a business that's doing, you know, half a million dollars, a million dollars, two million dollars, you you really need to build a machine that that drives your sales, mm-hmm. right? And that's where marketing comes in. A lot of people just think of sales as, as this separate person, this separate thing, just like their heart is an organ that's separate from everything <laughs> else in their in their yeah. in their body. Without sales, you don't have a business, but without proper marketing and lead generation, you don't have sales. Right. Whatever, whatever type of marketing and lead generation that is, whether you have outside field reps like Tony Robbins does that goes into corporations and does, you know, talks to drive ticket sales, whether you do Facebook advertising, whether you do Google, mm-hmm. you know, pay-per-click, whether you do email marketing, whether you do all of those things, you've got to have some sort of system to, to, be, to be feeding the sales machine. And you, you asked me, and, and I didn't answer this question because we got off on a tangent, but you asked me like when people should hire. Yeah, we yeah. both agree that you should probably do sales for yourself first for at least a little while so that yeah. you, you have that experience. You can't be, uh, 
you can't accept the excuses that normally come with with inadequate salespeople. Right. Um, Enough to get competent at, right. at it. You don't have to master it, but you need to be competent at it before you bring somebody in. Right. But I think you you hire a sales team when you have you have too many leads that you can't handle yourself. That's like the key point because most That's salespeople, you know, most salespeople they're they're fine doing sales as long as they have leads coming in the front door. Unless you're specifically hiring someone to go out and get those leads, and then that's an entirely different position, right? Right. It's like inside sales, outside sales. Yeah. Who is it that you need? What is it that you're looking for? But if you want an inside sales person or an inside sales team, you you need to make sure that you've got leads to feed that to feed that that like section of your business. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then the the I think like the last thing from the aspect of the sale itself is being being a person who listens. Right? Um the, because here's another thing that we see. People that are just constantly talking without and it's kind of directionless actually. Oh. It's just like nervous energy coming out within the conversation, but the idea is that you need, this is sales really about, about the skill of listening, being quiet, quieting that voice in your mind, right? That's got all this chatter going. I got to sell this person with the money and this person might reject me and all that. You got to quiet that voice in your mind and really listen to what this person is telling you and then be able to think through a response that's adequate for moving in the person in the direction of that yes yep. or that no. So, and the great thing about that is that Listening is also a skill that affects everywhere else in your life. Really being able to be present and listen to what somebody is saying. So you could practice that all the time. The idea of listening, shut the voice off in your head, listen to what the person is saying. And I think one, a good way to do it, like if you're practicing with, with, a, with a friend, and I'm not talking about practicing sales, I'm talking about practicing listening, is to repeat back what somebody else told you. Um, until till you actually understand what somebody else is saying, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because like a, a, a hack to this is for you to write the word shut up on a post-it note <laughs> and stick it on your computer screen every time you're in a sales conversation. Because yeah. if you're talking more than your prospect is talking, you've got a big problem, mm -hmm. right? So it, for me, it was I wouldn't tell anyone anything. If they answered a question, I would ask another question. They answered the question, I would ask another question. I think sales is two, two very important skills. It's listening and ask, knowing what questions to ask, yeah. right? To uncover the information that you need to uncover to know if you can help the person and if, they are, if they're in a place where you can make an offer to them. Um, and most salespeople blabber on. They'll talk about the program. They won't ask the right questions. And then They'll state the price and they'll go on and on and on and on talking. Well, the idea is once you state the price, you, you, you're not the next person to talk. That's where the shut up note comes the into play. The shut up note comes yeah. into play there. Like you, 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 know, you move into the close, you make the offer, you tell them how much the, the thing is, whatever that thing is, and then you shut up and you let them think. So part of this is being also being comfortable with silence, which not a lot of people are comfortable mm, with. They're not. And you're like the king of silence. Like you're the king of the long pause. <laughs> yeah, I am. That was something I had to learn early on was it's okay for you not to respond right away. For you to like take your time and just like sit in silence and then ask the next question. Yeah. Where most salespeople are saying, uh-huh, mm-hmm, right, okay, uh-huh, the entire time, which is a sign that they're actually not even listening right. to what their prospect is saying. 
Yeah, absolutely. That that is a that's a an extra good point. They're, they're they're not they're actually not listening. When I was training myself to learn this, one of the things that I would do was I would keep a legal pad next to me, and I would when somebody would ask a question or make a statement that I hadn't heard before, or I had heard I hadn't heard it articulated the way that they did it. I would write it down, and I would ask myself, okay, what question can I ask in response of this to get the desired outcome? Because you're, you are influencing their thought process in a direction. They already have the internal urgency to answer a question. So when you ask a question in the, in the right direction, you'll get a very specific, specific answer in the right direction. If you, if you ask a question and make a statement in the wrong direction, you get the wrong answer. And then people want to know, well, how do I overcome this problem? Don't create it in the first place. Right. Right. You don't create the problem in the first place. One of the, um, oh, what was I just thinking of? The, when you're actually in the conversation with somebody and you talked about this a second ago and you were saying people are, you're telling them all about your, your product and service. There's an erroneous belief that if I just tell them how wonderful this is, they'll want to buy. And they don't realize they're not buying because they don't think your thing is wonderful. They don't know how to justify it in their mind or have enough information to know if it's actually practical Correct. for what it is that they want. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest skill set in the world, man, I'll tell you. I think so. I'm <laughs> passionate about sales. Like I I know. I, you and I both said, man, maybe we should just like stop doing what we're doing and just do sales do all sales. day long. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like there's fantasies. There's weird fantasies like if I could just put all this responsibility aside and just make sales all day, take that paycheck and go home and not have to worry about anything else, that would be fantastic. Those are the days. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's it's not tough. there's not a lot of fulfillment in the Buicks. You know, you go sell a Buick and then you just, they drive off and that's done. You, you don't have to worry about right. following up over and over and over again. Right. But before we leave, there's a couple things. I just wanted to bring out some links for the people because we are, David does a ton of sales driven podcasts where he talks about a lot of the stuff he did here. Yeah. Common dom denominator of success aside. Um, last year you did a five part inner game of sales series. That was incredible. Five parts. It's all around sales, all around psychology of sales all around mindset. I'll link to those below. You also did a successful sales strategy, two-part series, not too long after that as well. So if you're looking for sales, I mean, you've come to the right place. Did right? we mm -hmm. do, did we do common denominator? Of success we did. Yeah, podcast? we did. We actually did it twice. We did one where it's actually live, where you spoke in front of a live audience yeah. and you did one uh, that was episode 339. And then you did it again. You brought it back around here in the studio for episode 388. Gotcha. So I'll link to all of those down below, but it's really quality stuff. The sales is, uh, I mean, you're, you're in the right place when you come here for all the goods about sales for sure. All right. Well, see you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Successful Mind Podcast, where we talk about all things sales. And we have a lot of supporting resources around sales. So make sure you check the show notes to see what else we're talking about, all sales related. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to lifeisnowinc.com.